Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Nocta Luca, the official podcast of the Blue Lava Healing Network. The Blue Lava Healing Network is a Discord server currently. That's our main hub. And right now we're offering distance Reiki sessions, distance theta healing sessions, mediumship, divination, meditation, and more. You can feel free to find the server's invite on Instagram or Twitter just by searching the Blue Lava Healing Network. We also have a Google page if you need to find us on Google. So today I want to introduce our special guest, Johnny. I found her on Instagram and came across her profile. She had a very interesting profile and actually works with animal Reiki. So I'll have her introduce herself. Go ahead, Johnny. Thank you, Kami. And thank you for having me in this uh, podcast today. Of course. And greetings, everyone who is listening in. My name is Indrani, and I am an animal Reiki practitioner. And along with that, I also do uh, scalar wave healing for animals and also animal communication. Um, for me, my journey has always centered around animals but it was a little later in my life that i realized that you know that was also my calling and and interestingly it was my cat who who introduced me to to animal reiki and there's always a story i start with because you know none of my introduction is really ever complete unless you know i also involve my cat amadeus he's he has transitioned now um but it was about 11 years back and Amadeus was in depression because, you know, he had just lost his sibling, the, my other cat, Artemis. And I'll talk about Artemis as well. But Amadeus had gone into depression and he had stopped eating, drinking, sleeping. And the vet had basically said that, you know, this is it. There is nothing much we can do. And I was desperate because I wanted to, you know, do whatever I could. I didn't want to lose him too. I just lost Artemis. And I just happened to look at the newspaper and there was just a little tiny print there which says, okay, someone who does Reiki for animals. And then I had not heard of Reiki before, but you know, why not? I mean, there's nothing to lose. So I called and then I went and met that person along with Amadeus. And Amadeus had his first Reiki experience. And within I think about 30 minutes or so, he, he just fell asleep. I, you know, He had not been sleeping for days and he just crashed. And he slept for, I don't know, 12 hours, maybe more. And when he woke up, he was, he was back to his old self. You know, there was like, everything was fine in his world. He was eating, drinking and going along with life. So... To me, that was like a miracle, and that was my hook into Reiki. That was what got interest, got me interested into Reiki. And the person who had worked with Tamadius also eventually became my first Reiki teacher. And Artemis, the cat whose loss we were all grieving about, was also the inspiration behind what I later started. So a few years back, I started reiki as a more professional offering so earlier it was more of you know friends and family and their animals and all and then yeah then when i started making it a profession then that's i named it after her so it's so my practice is called way of artemis practice 
<laughs> so that's my introduction. I am in India, and it's pretty early in the morning here. Yeah, we had to do a special arrangement to get this episode recorded, but I'm very glad that you know we were able to catch some time and get you in here. Um, and I think it's so inspiring that your story is about your cat because we don't really recognize the importance of our connection to our pets. Um, right. You know, and I think that kind of leads into our next topic of like, what's so special about animal Reiki? Um, like, what does that mean mm -hmm. to you and Johnny? So animal Reiki, I mean, for me, as I said, you know, um, it started with with animals. And um, the other thing that happened was, you know, that continuing the same story. So Amadeus, he, he recovered, he was all happy. And then, and then I learned Reiki. And then I wanted to, you know, do Reiki with all the animals that I could meet. And I got a mixed reaction. Um, there were some who were very, you know, happy about it. Okay, yes, I want Reiki. So, you know, I we have a lot of stray dogs in India. So sometimes there were two of them at that time who were very kind of, you know, bonded with me quite well. And they were very happy about this entire Reiki thing. So they wanted and they came and sat and all happy. But there were some, and including Amadeus, who were not so, you know, fond of Reiki. It was more like, okay, what are you doing? You know, I am I am out of here. And they just go away. So it was like complete acceptance on one hand. And there was this other extreme of, you know, just I don't want to be here. Don't touch me. And um, I was initially quite upset because, you know, such a great thing, Reiki. Why would you not want Reiki? <laughs> you know, it's, it's absurd. Why will you not want Reiki? But then I, again, somehow found my way to some animal Reiki teachers. Um, two of them were very special for me. One was Kathleen Prasad, who runs Animal Reiki Source. Another is Rose D. Dan, who runs uh, Wild Reiki and Shamanic. Um, and then I learned a bit to really recognize the animals for who they are. Because, you know, we we go in as Reiki practitioners, at least that is what I was doing, that, you know, I am a Reiki practitioner. I will do Reiki now. and. Uh, Animals, they are slightly differently tuned. So humans, we operate a lot from our head. And animals, they operate from their instinct. They are much, much more in tune with the energy, the shifts that are happening in the energy. And they don't like their their sense of, you know, equilibrium being disturbed without, you know, without really understanding what is going on. So the first thing about animal Reiki is that it's always the animal who comes first. If the animal is not interested in Reiki, then fine, no problem. That is OK as well. And um, the next part is, um, and Kathleen Prasad actually started this um, let animals lead method of animal Reiki, which is very, very simple and at the same time very, very profound when it comes to the animals. because. What we do in animal Reiki is that we don't do Reiki at all. So all we do is that we open ourselves to Reiki. We get into that state of being in Reiki and we just sit there. And then we let the animals decide. We let the animals lead and hence the name let animals lead. So, you know, they can choose how much they want, wherever they want, 
however they want. So all we do is we just sit there and just hold that Reiki space and let the animal decide. And no contact is needed. So, you know, distance sessions is there, but even if it is not a distance session, we don't necessarily touch an animal. We don't touch the animal at all unless the animal initiates the contact. So if let's say the cat really wants to be touched, then the cat will come up, you know, he or she will rub against you and you know that, okay, you know, this guy wants contact. So yeah, but other than that, we don't. And the other part of animals, and you know, you mentioned something in the beginning that we don't really recognize our pets much. And that is very important because uh, in animal Reiki, we, we don't just see them as another living being. We also recognize them as, as teachers. Each animal has something to teach us. Even the one who is in the shelter and you know is, is in very sick, animals who have been abused, if you really sit with them, they will teach you. They will teach you so many things in life. They will teach you how to deal with, with a lot of experiences, how to be patient. There is a session on you know the Reiki precepts and how the animals actually teach us those precepts, how to stay patient, how to be in the moment, how to be mindful how to always remember the blessings. And um, so, yeah, so <laughs> I think I spoke a lot, but I think in a sense, if I were to really you know, summarize, I would say three things. First, uh, in animal Reiki, it is always animal first, Reiki second. Second point, we have to be um, conscious that they are much, much more sensitive than us and much more attuned to the energy. And third is we, recognize them as teachers that's a very so. beautiful beautiful way to view it i think animal reiki owns the right to be acknowledged as its own practice because of how vastly different it is because like you said with mm. an animal operating from its instincts um you know, you're working with a different type of being that has a different form of logic and, right. you know, operates through different functions. And um, mm. I think it's important to be able to, you know, not only be whole and present yourself when approaching the animal, but leaving that whole presence with the animal Um so that they can better build a relationship with their owner. And yeah, I just think it's so powerful that, um, you know, I've met a lot of Reiki practitioners throughout this time of my, my journey with Reiki. Um, but I haven't <laughs> had too many opportunities to meet animal Reiki practitioners. So, you know, this was for me, a whole new experience being able to talk to you about what it's really about. Um, but that being said, Thank you. that being said, I do know that you also do regular Reiki and I wanted to move into, which will probably be my favorite part of the episode. Um, the guided mm -hmm. practice that we had set up because we had done one prior to the episode everybody and uh and johnny holds a space and an intention for reiki that is very simple and i think 
the beauty of that is that it allows you to connect so easily, whether you're brand new to Reiki or you're an expert. It kind of slows things down and calms things down for you to be able to stay present and in the moment. Um, so, yeah, whenever you're ready, Andrani, I'd, I'd like to move into the guided practice if we could. Sure, we can start now. Um, so for everyone who's listening, I would uh, like you to find a relatively undistracted place, you know, not too much phones ringing and all that, and somewhere where you can sit straight and your feet on the ground. If you are comfortable sitting cross-legged, that is fine as well. And once you are comfortably seated, uh, you may close your eyes if that makes you feel more comfortable. It is also okay to you know do this practice with your eyes open. So we will start by taking a few cleansing breaths, which basically means we'll breathe in and breathe right into your belly. And we hold the breath. And exhale through the mouth with a little bit of force. So hold, exhale. So three times. Breathe in, hold, exhale. Breathe in, hold, exhale. Last time, breathe in, hold, exhale. Now take your attention to your feet. Feel your feet touching the ground. And really feel that ground, feel the texture of the ground that you are on. And you know that that ground is standing on earth. You can almost trace your way all the way down from the ground into the earth, into the center of the earth. And you can visualize that that earth energy is kind of rising up through the soles of your feet and right into your heart. And you feel yourself supported by earth. And this earth energy is there with you all the time, even after the practice, holding you and supporting you. Breathe in and breathe out. And this time, when you breathe out, imagine all that is holding you back, all that is that you want to really get rid of, anything that is stopping you from being present, all of that going out from the soles of your feet right into earth. Breathe in. Feel the earth energy in your heart. And as you breathe out, let go of anything that needs to be released. One more time, we breathe in. Feel the earth energy. And breathe out and let go. Once again, bringing the focus back into your breath. 
as we were doing earlier, we'll breathe in. We feel the breath filling up our belly. The belly expands with the breath. And this time, as the belly expands, feel that clean air permeating outside and filling up each and every cell of your body. So each and every cell, every tissue, every muscle, every you know, bone cell is now filled up with that radiant, vibrant energy. And as you breathe out this time, you will imagine that that clean, radiant energy is now radiating outside from you. It's almost like there is a concentric circles around you radiating outside. Okay, so we breathe in, hold the breath in our belly, fill up the belly with that clean, radiant energy. That energy goes out, fills up each and every cell of our body. And then as we exhale, that radiant energy goes out in all directions. We'll do this a few times. So. Breathe in. Hold. Feel the belly expand. Feel each cell filling up with the energy and exhale and let that energy radiate outside. Breathe in, feel your belly expand. Feel each cell filling up with that radiant energy. And breathe out and feel the energy going out in all directions. Now bring to mind your loved ones, humans or animals. And this time when you breathe out and you feel the energy radiating outside, imagine that that energy is now touching all your loved ones and they are also getting filled up with that radiant energy. Invite your animal companions, if you have any, invite any neighborhood animals, your loved ones, into this space with you. And just hold them in your heart and continue the breathing. So breathe in, hold, feel the cells fill up, and breathe out and let all of it radiate outside.
So one last time. Breathe in. Feel your belly expand with that clean air. Feel each and every cell of your body filling up with that clean, radiant energy. Exhale and feel the energy radiating outside and touching everyone. Thank whoever joined you for sharing this space with you. If you feel like, you can bring your palms together in a prayer pose. And we end with the Reiki precepts. And just follow me. Just for today, I will not be angry. Just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will be humble and grateful. Just for today, I will be honest in my work. Just for today, I will be compassionate towards myself and others. Whenever you feel complete, you can open your eyes. Wow. Every time that gets better and better. Um, <laughs> it's something to me that is really interesting because with with your perspective, when we were talking earlier, you talked more about Reiki as a state of being and mm -hmm. as a means of holding intention, um, mm -hmm. which some people might feel like they understand, but I kind of like to hear more of your interpretation of that, like what Reiki as a state of being means to you. Mm. Um, hmm. <laughs> it's such an interesting question. Um, yeah. So, and this is personally for me. Um, Reiki is very simple, and I it I don't see it as something that is you know outside and something that has to be really acquired. We are Reiki. Reiki is it's spiritual energy. That's the word. What the word means? There are two words, right? Rei and Ki. So that's what it means: spiritual energy, mystical energy, and that energy is who we are. It's just that we have lost that connection. And these practices that we do, these are more of the preliminary preparatory practices because we start shedding the outer layers and we start going inward and discovering that 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 Reiki is is us. It's not you know not something not something outside of us. And it's like if we really want to do it, then we just have to. I guess initially it's just a lot of you know you do the preliminary practices and you really get into that state of being but with the time you will i mean at least for me i've realized that it it's just uh, you know settling down and saying that you know this is it and and you get into that what i call a reiki gear so you know you are always driving in you know first gear second gear whatever gear and then you have the reiki gear so it's 
You just have to turn on the Reiki gear. Yeah, and, and it's probably more of an experience. It's I don't know how to really analyze it. Well, people have so many different perspectives, and I think specifically the most important thing to acknowledge is that, like you said, like we are Reiki, we are this energy that we're working with and that's ever present around us, and the more that we can tap into that unified field, the more connected we feel and the more connected we feel, the easier things get. We alleviate a lot of stress. We alleviate a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, wariness. I know this, you know, the right. whole, the whole term of like being awakened or whatever, like it's mm -hmm. literally you become, more awake you become more alive and more present right and it's something that i truly feel blessed to have interacted with in my life just because you know there's only so many opportunities you have to really know yourself mm. and reiki is one of those doorways, one of those pathways that can lead you into that. And I think anything that can lead you into yeah. knowing yourself is a great thing. So. Indeed, yes. So now to the meat of the topic. Um, something that I have absolutely no idea. I've never even heard of this before, but scalar waves. And then you had mentioned you'd mentioned the state of a standing wave as well. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So, yes. so yeah. Why don't, why don't you explain that for us? Hmm. We are going to switch gears now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So you know, I'll start with a little bit of history around scalar waves, and it's it's fascinating. Um, scalar waves, the first discovery of scalar waves was by a mathematician. His name was James Maxwell, and this was way back in the 1800s. But, you know, at that time, you know, mystical stuff, it was just clearly dismissed. No one really bothered about it. No one, no one gave credit to the work that he had done. A few years later, again, it was, I think, uh, maybe later, but also 1800s, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, later in the 1800s. Uh, Tesla, he was experimenting in his lab, and he kind of accidentally bumped into scalar waves again. And the entire work that James Maxwell had done was kind of, again, it came to light and was opened up for discussions. So there is this scientific part of it as to what scalar wave is and what is scalar wave. So scalar wave is um, is also called as zero point energy, and um, it is the energy which is there in the space between the particles. So if you go to the atomic subatomic particles, then there is a there is a space in between those particles, and that is. That energy there is the scalar energy. 
So the question that comes from that is that what has it got to do with you know energy healing? And this came much later in early 1900s or maybe late 1900s, somewhere in that range. Um, Dr. Valerie Hunt, uh, she was also a professor and a scientist, and she delved deeper into scalar waves, um, discovered that there is something, you know, that is surrounding all human beings, an electromagnetic energy field. She actually, you know, took a break from her active job and uh, studied further. She learned that, you know, this is not a new thing, but there were people um, way back in Philippines where there were people who were doing psychic surgery using scalar waves. So it's, it's all with that intention. People who would, you know, healers in Philippines who would who would know how to cut through skins and tissues and bones and how to get the negative energy out and all that. Now, of course, I don't do all of that, and not many of the scalar practitioners uh, are doing that kind of work. But the concept is the same. Um, the idea is like this: that uh, you know, the energy field that is around us. When that energy field is in a state of chaos, there is disease. You know, it's we are out of balance. We will have either a physical illness or an emotional illness. When the energy field is in balance and there is a state of equilibrium, then it creates what is often known as a state of homeostasis. And in that state of homeostasis, the body can recover. So how is this created? And this is where the standing wave comes in. Um, if you can maybe visualize your palms a little distant apart and just imagine that you are kind of holding two energy wavelengths in both. And these are high frequency energies, which when they come together, when the energy, two energy fields of the same web wavelength, when they come together and meet, it creates a state of stillness. And that stillness is what is called as the standing wave. So, you know, if you translate it to your energy field, a person's energy field or an animal's energy field, and then there is chaos and there is illness, that standing wave creates that state of homeostasis, which allows the body to heal. Scalar wave is uh, very effective with uh, physical illnesses. Emotional as well, but it is very, very effective for things like, um, you know, there is a problem in your blood report, your hemoglobin count is low, or or someone with an arthritis issue, um, cancer. It's it's often, you know, I have not experienced this, but I've heard this that scalar is very effective in working with cancer, mm. and. Um, yeah, so so that's where I and uh, I think I normally use a combination of both depending upon what the animal is going through. So if there is more of, you know, like problems with blood reports and arthritis and all, I will use scalar. And if it is, you know, something more softer, I will Reiki. And sometimes I start with scalar and then move into Reiki. I see. What What does this have to do with our healing potential? It's the same thing. You have to learn how to hold the space. Uh, it will work when you are in that space. Very so. Scalar wave. See, it's all. Um, 
So, okay, well, there's another thing I need to add here. So there are, um, I believe there are devices available where you can actually produce a scalar wave and those can be used. And there are the energy workers who work with the energy. And then again, distance does not matter and time does not matter. And the way this works is, and this is where, you know, once you had mentioned the, about visualization. So that is where the visualization comes in as to how you connect with that animal, how you visualize the flow of energy and how you actually hold that standing wave for that animal. That is where the, the healing um, powers come in. Yeah, it's so interesting seeing how various different methods get applied. I've heard of bringing zero point energy into healing before, but this is seems to be just a more scientific approach. Um, it's a combination. So you have, there is a scientific background to it, but when you bring it to the world of energy healing, then it, it goes beyond science. Hmm. And during all that, you mentioned that, you know, distance doesn't matter. And I think me being a distance healing practitioner specifically, um, I always find that interesting just because, you know, a lot of people are still unfamiliar with this concept. So... Mm -hmm what what is your method of working with distance healing so to answer the question directly there is really no difference in method and especially with animal reiki where you are holding the space it just doesn't matter mm -hmm. i will probably give a a story it's not a story it was something that was it was an experiment that was done um the institute of hearth math uh, sorry institute of hearth math <laughs> tongue twister hearth math okay the institute of hearth math they did an experiment and um, they took two samples of a person's uh, dna and these two samples were kept in two labs and the labs were i think a few miles apart then there was one person who was holding only one of the samples and when the sample was held with and the, the state of mind of the person who was holding the sample so he, that person was in a very uh, compassionate loving energy field then the DNA that that person was holding was actually in a very, you know, I, I've seen some photos as well. It's more like an expanded state. And the DNA that was in the other lab, which was like miles away, went through the same change. It's like, like you know, almost uh, like a dance which happened together, though they were not together. Hmm. I found that uh, when I heard about it, I found it quite, you know, interesting and how energy works. And um, so for me, distant energy, as I say, distant healing or any work that I do, I don't really see much of a difference in how we operate uh, because, you know, you the intention is the same. The sensations are the same. 
Um, the way I would probably break it down is that, you know, first and foremost, we just need to understand that that we are more than just a physical body. There is also the emotional body and the mental body and a spiritual body. And then there is the energy body, which is holding us together. And that energy body is not bound by you know time and space. Time and space are human cognitive limitations. And when you get into energy work, you learn how to go beyond those limitations. And the second aspect of um, distant healing is the connection, the interconnection. So each and every, so you will find this in a lot of ancient uh, shamanis, uh, shamanism or shamanic texts or whatever, shamanic teachings as well, about the entire concept of interconnectedness of life. Each and every being is connected to each other. It is like a giant spider web. Um, and I think um, the one very interesting way of uh, explaining this is, you know, it's like two mobile phones. They are not physically together they are not connected by a wire and you set the intention that is you call a number and the other person has to accept that call and energy healing is the same so intention of the practitioner which is like <laughs> you're dialing a number and the acceptance of the recipient which is like the person receiving a call so yeah i think that is how i would probably explain it mm. Yeah, for me, it's always been interesting to hear people's different perspectives. Um, you know, for a long time before I got into Reiki, I pretty much healed from a distance from spirit to spirit, um, a direct mm -hmm. connection through spirit. And as I got into Reiki and started to learn about the biofield, in the earth's magnetic grids um it became uh -huh. a lot more fun to explore uh -huh. that realm of distance healing because i was able to connect you know right. in, a, in a different way and yeah. you know it allowed me to use other types of tools during the process mm. as well like crystals and herbs mm. and you know things that can help boost your practice without you know getting too complex um and while being able to keep it natural um so yeah distance healing will always be a bright mm -hmm. part of my life i feel like it's always been more more of a i don't want to say healthy approach but I guess I, I don't really know the word for it, but, you know, I just feel like being able to do healing in the comfort of your own home um, mm -hmm. is so much more practical when you're in your own space and right. you know, you're by yourself so you don't have to worry about how you look or you know, <laughs> what you sound like to this person or anything like that. So, right. you know, I've, I have hopes that you know, distance healing will be recognized um, to be just as practical as doing a regular healing session in person one day. Um, yeah, I hope so too. I mean, with animals, it's um, 
it's easier doing a distance session because when you are sitting face to face and all you know the expectations come up i really want this cat to show that she is enjoying reiki and the cat may not be bothered because cats are not so expressive but if you are in a distance session then you are just focused on the reiki you are not focused on how the cat is reacting and this takes a whole lot of you know clears up the mind mm but i have heard um you know i i have this client and uh, i once messaged her the human and i told her that you know i finished the session and she said i know you finished 5 minutes back because that is when the dog she just you know got up from from her sleep and came down so, so i know that you finished the session 5 minutes back but yeah so i think for the animals i can say that yeah they know Do you think animals accept energy easier than people do? I would say that they are very sensitive. So they are very clear about what they want to accept and what they will not want to accept, especially if you are if you are ever working with a cat or what cats are. <laughs> um anyway, so I, I think they are they know what what they want and they they know what they don't want um but once so for them it's more about establishing comfort establishing trust once they know that you know yeah this feels good for me then yes i am in mm-hmm. and like humans they also don't like intrusion so you know there are people who maybe they are new to energy work and they don't know what it is all about and if you suddenly go and tell them i am going to do reiki then they're going to say no back off don't touch me there are many humans like that and i've met and animals are similar so if you just walk up and say hey i'm going to do reiki they they will not be interested but once you establish that connection and the trust they are much 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 more open to it so with a human they it's very difficult to say that okay you know be open to the energy field the, the, the element of mistrust is there for a much longer time but for the animal once they intuitively know that that they can trust you they they will be just completely open with you what do you think some telltale signs are that you might want to get your animal in for a reiki session hmm well why wait all this to a reiki session but um well any physical is just i mean look at all the layers that reiki works with so you know any physical discomfort that the animal is going through uh any change in behavior eating patterns or if there is a change in the household that is a big thing so you know maybe nothing with the animal as such but maybe there is a new family member or maybe there is a family member who has gone out maybe left for college or something and then the animal is going through stress so and those are the times when reiki can another very um, very for me this is a very profound thing is the time of uh, transition and reiki can support an animal through that process of transition so with my cat amadeus the one whose story i was talking about uh, when he passed away he was just uh, surrounded by you know all by by this reiki it was almost like he went in a reiki bubble and though he was um he had cancer and uh, he um it is supposed to be very painful but he led a very 
comfortable life till about the last few days. So, and then Reiki helped that. So I think that the entire process of transition and how to make it a more peaceful and comfortable one for the animals, Reiki is great with that. Now, you know, I had one of my teachers right in the beginning for my level one and two classes. She was in the animal Reiki and she worked on horses and all kinds of animals. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the types of animals you've worked on that are interesting? Mm. So um, the local ones is mostly cats and dogs because you know I live in a city and there's not much there. But I have uh, done distance sessions with <laughs> once with a cow and a goat and a chicken. I have not had um, wildlife Reiki encounters yet, and I hope I'll get there as well. Yeah, I find that I would find that to be so interesting. Especially if you got to yeah. do that in person. Um, yeah. That would be such an interesting process to go through. Um, yeah, it will. So it looks like we're coming up on time here, but I did want to ask you, did you want to shout out your Instagram or any other web links where people can come into contact with you? Oh, sure. So um, my website is wayofartemis.com. So it was, I think, I don't know if I mentioned named after my cat. So you can just look up wayofartemis.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. That is Artemis Animal Reiki. Artemis underscore and Animal Reiki. Mm. I think they can locate me through your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's another way of doing it. Yeah, and well, obviously, since we got under an hour today, we might be able to feature this episode on IGTV. Um, so I think that will be a feature that will be available to people trying to reach out to you as well. Um, but yeah, I wanted to thank you for your time. Um, you have a very kind spirit. And I was really grateful to be able to connect with you from the start. I was also. Oh, go ahead. I, I was amazed, you know, how you reached out without really, you know, knowing who I am and you trusted me with the podcast. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, for everybody listening, if you'd like to tune in to our live podcast recordings, you can join our Discord server once again. You can find that link on Google. You can find it on Instagram. You can find it on Twitter. Um, and you can also find it on Facebook. We have tons of features. Um, we offer healing. There's a mediumship category. There's a meditation category. There's a divination category. And we allow people to record any live content they want to hear. Um, I could go on and on about features. I might even have to do like a little mini episode about all the features of the network. Um, that would yeah. be good because I have seen this and it's really interesting what you have done. Yeah, we're working on it. It's a it's a growing process. So, um, 
But yeah, and Johnny, I wanted to thank you for your time again. And for the audience, remember, communication cultivates clarity.